Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, we head to Stowe, Vermont, a quiet town known as a winter wonderland for skiing and snowboarding. The less known history of Stowe is that a few tragic and haunting tales often get overlooked. A hero turned transient haunts one of the local hotels, and there's also Emily, where you'd be wise to stay away from her bridge, where she said to still linger. This episode includes footage from a live investigation from the Hometown Ghost Stories crew. Join us as we tell the story and investigate Stowe, Vermont. The blizzard had already made the visibility extremely low, and now this. Jeff jumped out of his new 1974 pickup to examine the scene, while Rebecca stayed in the passenger seat. Her parents had urged them to stay at their house with the weather conditions, but Jeff had assured them that they'd be fine in the new truck. After a few moments examining the scene, Jeff hopped back in the new truck. He explained it was an entire tree down on the road, and there was no way around it. They'd have to take the other way home. A slight bit of panic came over Rebecca. That meant the bridge. As the truck slipped into drive and began to turn around, all the local stories of the bridge started to creep into her head. They couldn't be real though, right? She had lived here her entire life and been on that bridge numerous times, and nothing had ever happened. As she scanned her memories, she realized, yes, nothing has ever happened, but she's also gone out of her way to stay away from the bridge at night. She suggested going back to her parents. Jeff told her she was crazy. They were 15 minutes from home, and to go back would take at least 45 minutes, maybe an hour in this weather. They drove down the snow-covered road until they came to the four-way intersection. Jeff put on his blinker and began to turn. As they did, they heard a noise. Must just be the trees, they concluded, and kept moving forward. They slowly crept up to the old covered bridge. The noise continued. As they entered, Rebecca thought she heard a faint whisper. Why are you at my bridge? You're just hearing things, she convinced herself. At the halfway point, they passed a dead, dried-out rose, which for some reason sent chills down her back. And then she started to hear the whispers again. Just the wind, Jeff said. What anyone says when they can't figure out where a noise is coming from. They approached the end of the bridge. They were sticking out halfway. Bang! Jeff and Rebecca both jumped in the truck and let out a gasp. They rolled a few more feet and the truck completely died. They jumped out, and after closing the door, Rebecca noticed deep scratch marks down the entire side of the truck. She stomped through the snow to meet Jeff, who already had the hood popped at the front of the truck. She dared not tell him about the marks yet. He handed her the flashlight to hold. At the same time, they noticed the noise they were hearing was louder and coming from the bridge. They stepped to the side of the truck to take a look. Rebecca aimed her flashlight in the direction. They couldn't quite make out what they were seeing, so they took a step closer. Now at the edge of the opening, they saw it. A young girl hanging and swinging back and forth. Rebecca went to scream, but nothing came out. Then the girl raised her head, pointed at the couple and let out a scream. I'm Rob Coakley, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Stowe, Vermont. Stowe, Vermont is exactly what you picture when you think of a ski town just a short ride from Canada. Small, quaint, and beautiful, surrounded by forest and mountains, it's the perfect place to escape from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. Even with the scenic and laid-back atmosphere, there are still a few tales of tragedy that linger in this town. The Green Mountain Inn The inn itself has a very rich and storied history. 
the main inn, is listed in the National Register of Historic Places. Originally built in 1833 by Peter Lovejoy, it would later be traded to Stillman Church for a 350-acre farm. Church would upgrade the building with two large brick wings, a dance hall, and a double front porch, and rename the property the Mansfield House. After being foreclosed on, it would switch hands a few times, becoming the Brick Hotel, before finally settling on the Green Mountain Inn in 1893, when it was purchased by Mark C. Lovejoy. The inn has had its fair share of famous guests, including two presidents. Chester A. Arthur not only stayed at the inn, but also performed in a theatrical production here. Gerald Ford stayed here while on assignment in Stowe for Look Magazine. In 1840, a child belonging to one of the inn's horsemen and chambermaids was born in the servants' quarters. This child was Boots Berry. Growing up around the inn, he would eventually take over the work his father did at the inn. Boots was known to be amongst the best in town at taking care of the horses and stagecoaches, and soon he would have to show this in a potentially disastrous situation. One morning, a stagecoach team of horses took off running before everything was finished being set up. The passengers were already on board and were in danger. Quickly and instinctively, Boots was able to stop the runaway stagecoach, saving the lives of the passengers and horses in the process. He was even presented an award for heroism for the act. Sadly, this would also be a turning point in his life. Everyone wanted to buy Boots drinks, and he was never a man to turn one down. His alcoholism would become too much, and the inn would have to fire him for neglecting his duties. He wandered the country, and while in a New Orleans jail, another inmate taught him how to tap dance. And this is where he would get the nickname Boots. In 1902, Boots would return to stow a broken old man. The inn allowed him to stay there for a bit, and while there, he'd show that he still was the brave man he was years back. A snowstorm hit the town, and somehow a young girl had gotten herself stuck on the roof, right outside of the room Boots was born in. Thinking fast, Boots was able to get himself on the roof via a secret path in the hotel. He was able to reach the girl and lower her safely to her parents. Unfortunately, as Boots went to stand up, he slipped and fell to his death ending his life right outside the room where it began. Visitors to the end now have communicated with Boots via spirit box and EVPs. The thing that separates Boots himself from other spirits wandering around old hotels and inns, though, is if you stay in room 204 and listen at night, sometimes you'll be able to hear him tap dancing on the roof. The Tragic Tale of Emily's Bridge the Goldbrook Covered Bridge was built in Stowe in 1844. Soon, it would be home to one of the most known tragedies in the history of the town. There's multiple variations of the story, but most are roughly the same. Emily, a teenage girl, was dating a boy from town that her parents didn't approve of. Tired of constantly sneaking around to see each other, they decided to elope. The plan was for them to meet at the Goldbrook-covered bridge right after nightfall and leave, never to look back. Emily's parents found a letter between the two that told of the young love-stricken couple's plan. The father and her brother set out early the day of the meeting to intercept the man before he could get to Emily. They found him and beat him bad enough that he was barely able to move, let alone meet Emily that night. Later that evening, once everyone in the family was asleep, Emily slipped out of the house and headed to meet her love. When she got to the bridge, no one was there. Her first thought was that he was getting together everything they needed to run. So she waited. And waited. Minutes became hours. Emily began to panic. How could he leave her here? She was risking everything. The panic would soon set into heartbreak. The sun was now beginning to show itself in the distant sky, and she knew he wasn't coming. As she looked around with tears in her eyes, she saw a rope. With nothing left to live for in her mind, she threw it over one of the support rafters, tied it tight, shimmied up a makeshift ladder, and took her own life. Since that fateful day, travelers over the bridge have had some otherworldly interactions. There are numerous sightings of a girl weeping and walking around the bridge. When people go to offer help, by the time they get to her, she's already vanished. Not only have some just heard the weeping, others have heard a young girl crying out. Not every interaction is so innocent, though. Although some have gotten EVPs of a girl answering questions, others have heard a voice screaming back at them.
electronic equipment immediately dying after being fully charged is another common occurrence. There's also the scratches. People have left the bridge with deep claw marks in their skin, but it's not limited to just humans. Numerous cars and horses have felt the wrath of Emily, or whoever it really is that inhabits the bridge. Researchers have yet to find documentation to prove that the story of Emily's bridge is real. Many locals believe that it's a real story, though, and that her grave marker is in Stowe Village, right across the street from the Green Mountain Inn. We decided to head up to Stowe to investigate both of these sites. Dave and myself would head up early in the morning to get a lay of the land, and Jesse and Dee would join us later. As we drove up the scenic highway, we double-checked and made sure we had charged all our equipment. Everything was fully charged and we were ready. Or so we thought. The first place we stopped at was Emily's Bridge. We slowly pulled up and through the bridge, taking in both the beauty and full creepiness of the bridge, even in the daylight. After parking the car, we walked through the single-lane bridge just to get the full experience. Halfway through, I began to hear a noise. I looked over at Dave. He had heard it too. It sounded like something on a rope swinging back and forth. We tried to discover the source of the noise, and as we donned our skeptic hats, we decided it must be one of the hundreds of trees surrounding the bridge. Before leaving, we just wanted to get some exterior shots and fly through it with a drone. As the family watched on, I set the drone towards the bridge, and almost like hitting a force field, it bounced back. I sent it forward one more time, and yet again, it flew back, spiraling out of control and crashing. I tried one more time and got the same results. As I picked it up, the battery on the drone was now dead. It had been no more than 10 minutes, and when I started, it was fully charged. As we headed back to the car, the family that had shown up to see the bridge as well started chatting with us. Halfway through the conversation, the mother said, Emily really didn't want that drone coming through her bridge. After this, we went to the hotel to check in. As we finished touring the place on our own, Jesse and Dee arrived. We headed up to the room to plan out the night. We decided to go grab dinner before a long night of investigating, but before we did, we set up a few cameras in the room, just in case. While out, the camera facing closet door in the room caught the door opening on its own. Excited after returning and reviewing this footage, we decided to start in the hotel room. We began by setting up a couple of motion balls and attempting an EVP session. Is there anybody in here with us? And as I asked it to touch a motion ball, you can see an orb clearly move away from it. We also have balls that if you... Dave started a voice recorder session, which also turned up no results. While getting our dowsing rods ready for the next attempt to contact somebody, we noticed one of the motion balls going off. We watched for about 30 seconds and realized it wasn't an encounter, but the ball was dying. While this does possibly debunk an interaction... The strange part is, the batteries in these were brand new, and after checking on the rest, two out of the four motion balls we brought were now dead. After only some success with some of our other sessions, we decided it was time to break out the dowsing rods. Not expecting much, we started getting some answers to questions. When told there was more than one spirit there, we decided to dive deeper. Are you a demonic spirit? Okay. Fuck that. So what would that mean? Does that mean it doesn't want to answer the question? He's just fucking laughing at you. We decided to ask one more time. Are you a demonic spirit? This is the first time we've got it doing that. At this point, we weren't sure if whatever the entity was, was mad at us or was just annoyed with us. So we decided to ask. Do you want to continue answering my questions? That's a hard no. I think we've upset something here. Let's circle back in a little bit. After the unexpected results from the dowsing rod session, we all headed to Emily's Bridge to further our investigation there. Pulling up to the bridge in the middle of the night was even more terrifying than anticipated. We drove down the barely lit road eager to capture evidence. We approached the dark bridge, and again, we slowly drove through it. Curious to see if Jesse's brand new pickup truck would be met with deep scratch marks down the sides. 
We parked the truck and hopped out, but both the sides of the truck were unscathed. Our equipment was not. Two out of the three standalone cameras we brought, fully charged before we left the room, were now dead, as well as a spare voice recorder and spirit box. We took what equipment we had left and headed into the bridge on foot. As we made it halfway down the bridge, the noise from earlier started up again. We looked around for the source of the noise, and we still could only blame the trees. The only problem with this is the noise sounded like it was coming from within the bridge. We turned on the spirit box and began to ask some questions. After no response from the third question, the spirit box inexplicably died. We were down to just the voice recorder. Dave stood on the bridge asking questions into the device. Emily? Are you here? Do you have something you want to communicate? What happens to you? After we wrapped up the recording session, Jesse and I headed to the truck to try to get some of the equipment running to keep the investigation going. As we did so, Dave stood on the bridge playing back the recording session to see if we got anything. Here was Dave, the biggest skeptic of all of us, so scared that he yelled out, stopped recording, and ran back to the vehicle. Between Emily, or whoever inhabits that bridge killing every piece of equipment and the evidence we were able to get, we decided to wrap up the investigation. Before leaving, we wanted to take a picture of the three of us in front of the bridge. While we stood in front of the bridge, Dee snapped the photo. As she took it, Jesse and myself saw a shadow figure run by the corner of the bridge. It was so prominent that Jesse would call out to see if there was somebody there, trying to scare us intentionally. As we waited to hear somebody come out, call back, or at least hear the sound of them running away, there was nothing, except for the sound of something attached to a rope, slowly swinging back and forth. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into episode number 19 of Hometown Ghost Stories. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley and Dave Wilkins, and that is Stowe, Vermont, Emily's Bridge, and the Green Mountain Inn. What's up, gentlemen? Really excited to talk about this one. This was one of the creepiest places we've been to, and honestly, unexpectedly. Like, this was supposed to be... We'll talk about it more, but this was supposed to be like just a little nice getaway, slight haunting, nothing crazy. And it was crazier than expected. Yeah, it was. And it was kind of a slow start to the night. But then as we started collecting more and we'll talk more about the investigation a little bit. But as, as we started getting more information in and started reviewing some of the footage, we're starting to realize, like, actually, this is kind of a little bit more scary than we initially thought. Because Stoic yeah, this is, is one nice of those. Place. One of those investigations where we don't realize we got as much stuff as we did until we went back and looked at the uh, all the footage and whatnot. And we're like, oh, that's something. Oh, there's another thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I don't want to bring on uh, our special guest for the day. So we brought in uh, Mike Zakarian. Rob, I'll let you introduce Mike. So Mike Zakarian is from Team Hold on YouTube, a very successful channel. It deals with uh, the NBA and NBA Top Shot. I'll let him talk about it for a few seconds. Hey, thanks for uh thanks for having me guys i i'm glad uh i had an opportunity to go change my pants after <laughs> pissing myself uh because it's terrifying um, it has nothing to do with the show it's just it's just incontinent i just hate toilets <laughs> um, but uh yeah yeah thanks for having me on i i'm excited to i'm excited to just ask you guys questions about this because i usually come from a very skeptical side of things and then uh and i always start there and the longer that that clip went on the um the more i was like that was i'm glad you guys are alive (laughs) (laughs) me too too. so dave Dave is i mean i think all three of us are pretty skeptical that's one reason why we do this show dave is obviously more skeptical than us um 
But that's what made a lot of this investigation interesting because that one clip of Dave was the... He said that it made him look like he was like a scared little bitch on this episode, but... This I didn't was, run back to the vehicle. I, you, yeah. you were you sped walk back to the vehicle. You that's different. In fairness, it was, it was, it was out like negative of excitement, not out of fear. <laughs> and it was like negative ten degrees, and we were all walking pretty quick at that point. You was, stopped uh, recording. Absolutely. You literally, <laughs> you, as soon as it happened, you stopped recording and had to back to the car. Rob, that was I was playing back a video. I mean, a, a a voice recorder. I didn't stop recording. That's just when you the stopped voice recording on ended. camera, though. You were recording with the camera. Just admit that's that right. you were absolutely terrified, and, and you, you ran, and you were crying. It's fine. Your tears froze on your face. You couldn't even hide it. <laughs> I think there's something wrong if you aren't scared. So I'm going to go the other way. I think if you aren't scared in that kind of moment, that there's some some therapy that needs to get done. So I think like the right thing that or the right thing to do was to be scared. So I don't think you don't you don't need to defend yourself, Dave. I'm proud of you. No, he can be as scared as he wants, Mike. He just can't stop recording next time. That's the, we're <laughs> that's, there to record. That's important. There was nothing else to record. That's you don't the, know. How can you no, know? That's where the voice recorder stopped. You don't know what you're going to get on camera is the point. Well, if you listen to Emily, though, right at the end of that recording, she said, I'm all done now. You can shut it off. And that's when Dave, <laughs> yeah. that's when Dave shut it off. I think it was fine. <laughs> what, did you, what do you guys think? I mean, let's just jump right into that because we're already talking about it. What do you guys think she said? Because I thought we all, what did we all think she said at first? I had thought she said, who are you? And then when I posted the clip on TikTok, we got a whole bunch of comments and people were saying, it sounds like she says, I'm hanging was, uh, I think the most common one that people thought. And the other one that people thought was, they thought she said behind you. That's what I thought she said. Uh, and both of those things are far more terrifying than what I thought. <laughs> who are you? Um, but I mean, I'm hanging would make sense with the, not only make sense with a story, but it makes sense because it would be an answer to the question I asked, what happened to you? Mm. I'm hanging. Um, wow. What happened to you behind you? Doesn't make as much sense, but equally as scary. <laughs> what, did, um, what did you hear, Mike? Did As like someone coming into this fresh? Do you know, I, I couldn't hear anything because I was so stunned to hear a noise. So you know what I mean? Like you're, you're yeah. kind of like, wait, what was that? And you like lean in real close. Yeah. So I couldn't hear it. Um, but as you uh, said, all three of those examples behind you was the one that was the yeah, one that like yeah. rang true. Yeah. Behind you is what I thought it was as well. But yeah, that was, that wasn't even the scariest thing that happened on the bridge. And this was, no, no, I, I've been saying, since we started this episode, I need to see something to actually believe. Cause I'm like on the fence with this whole skeptical thing. And just to go back to Dave real quick, what's hilarious about Dave being the, the most, the, the biggest skeptic of all of us is the most crazy shit always happens to Dave. <laughs> and it's always late in the night after Dave's, you know, may or may not have had a few drinks, but like the, it's always, like Dave is, ac- Dave is accidentally the best ghost hunter like that I know it, By it's, accident. it's absolutely yeah. hilarious. And I don't know, maybe like things are more active around him because he's such a skeptic that these ghosts want to prove themselves or something. But to get back to the bridge, uh, the, the most horrifying thing that happened on that bridge was uh, we were, we went and we took the photo and in the photo uh, and we use it as like a banner for us right now is the picture of us on the bridge. You see me and Rob are both looking off in one direction because at, at that exact moment that photo is being snapped, that's when we saw what we saw. And Rob saw something different than I did. So what I saw and heard was right in front of us, about maybe six or seven feet in front of us on the left side of the bridge, right at the opening. I saw someone climbing over the bridge, like just like about to hop the railing. And it was just, it was a black figure. It was the middle of the night. And to a point where I was about to be like, uh, what's up, dude? How are you? Like, what are you, why are you climbing over this bridge in the middle of the, like, I thought it was someone that was coming over the bridge to spook us and be like, Hey, what are you guys doing here? You know, or, or something, but it wow. adds, and I, I was legitimately going to say hello and greet this individual. And then it was gone at the same exact time. Rob, what did you see? So as you were seeing that, I thought we saw the same thing because the way we were looking, there's a parking lot. It's not a parking lot. It's like a little parking area right off. So you can go to the bridge and park over on the side so you can visit it. It's, I, I think the town built it just so people weren't like, cause this is a small road, right? This road is a one lane road once it goes through the bridge. So 
they put this little parking area and that's where we were staring towards and our your truck was there and as you're looking at that i just see this like wall of black just go over the truck and i'm just like what the because it can't be a shadow like it was too dark just the way everything was there was no no way it could be a shadow so i'm looking at that i don't even know you're looking at whatever you're looking at Mm -hmm. you know like we weren't that photo she was just taking photos of us and we both same exact time just look in that direction exactly yeah and it was just absolutely insane yeah to me like that that was something that like legitimately like I, i keep going back to it but i was going to say hi to this individual that i thought was climbing over like almost in like a confrontational way because i'm like dude what are you doing like like why are you like creeping up on us and, like that it was actually kind of horrifying and you know me i just laugh it off i'm like oh dude what was that you know like a, <laughs> just a goofball but like uh yeah like the more i think about that i'm i'm thinking this bridge is absolutely next level haunted and the amount of activity in the relatively short amount of time we were there because it was absolutely freezing and none of us were really well dressed for the situation and even I so was. it was like a wind chill of like negative 20 like it was beyond brutally cold middle of the night so we did visit the bridge i think what three four times three times three, three times in total yeah so we went i mean you guys went up early in the day tried to get that drone footage which we should talk about the drone as well and then uh we went in the middle of the night and then uh you guys went back up the following day so t- yeah. tell me about the the drone situation so we went, me and Dave went up early that day because we were like, let's go up there. Let's make sure we have some daylight so that we can get some photos, some video of the bridge just to make the video look nice. Not expecting anything really to happen during the day. I would say like it was just this was more like exterior shots, this, that. We're going to talk over this when we're telling the story. We don't expect anything to happen during the day. So we pull up to the bridge we're walking and we just take some photos. And then I set up, I'm like, I'm just going to take this drone. I'm going to set it up. I'm going to fly it through the bridge, have a nice cool shot for the video where the drone's going through the bridge, uh, maybe bring it up into the rafters. And as I'm setting it up, this family pulls up and they, I let them go through the bridge before we do anything. They come back. As they come back, I start the drone and I start flying it right to the bridge. And they're watching because they just, I think they just wanted to see what the, I was doing with the drone. And as soon as I'm, I have it going forward, fine, like you can see in the video, as soon as it hits the opening, it just stops and it just starts flying back. And I'm not pressing it to go back to me. Was there like a wind you tunnel or anything that could have? No, because bridges can do that. No, like did it create some sort of a wind tunnel, which the wind draft could have been pushing it back? No, no, definitely not. And um, like it was, we, we was genuinely trying to fly this thing through to get a specific shot for it. So he was, you know, literally trying to get it through, and it was just not going through. There was no wind, which is a great question. Um, so it was just bizarre. And then I tried it again. I had the same exact. The second time, it pushed it back so much that it it flew back into a tree. And then it fell down and I had, so just to be completely honest with everybody, we've done investigations before where we've gone up places and we hadn't charged equipment. Like that's stuff we've messed up. Just to to reiterate, we are the worst ghost hunters. (laughs) But But we're getting better. We're getting better. (laughs) For this specific case, I made sure I was like, we are, I was like, Jesse charge the stuff you have. I have this drone charge. Dave, make sure your voice recorders are charged. We charged everything for this one. And that drone is a brand new drone. I've I used it like four or five times. That battery lasts like a couple hours at least. I tried to fly through that bridge twice. As soon as it came back, the battery was completely dead. Everything died. Everything died except for Dave's voice recorder, which is why, why our phones were fine too. But the, uh, the GoPro, so I have... Um, any night vision footage that you guys see us play, that's from my GoPro, which I had converted into a night vision GoPro. And what was strange with this is I've never had issues with this thing shutting off. And it it didn't, the battery was not dead, but the video portion of it would not turn on. Now, I knew that this thing was still a, sort of alive because if you're familiar with GoPros, 
I, this is an older one. There's like the Hero 3 Plus. Anyways, there's like a button on the side where you turn on the Wi-Fi and the Wi-Fi will connect to your phone so you can kind of do a preview on your phone of it. It creates its own Wi-Fi signal. But when that Wi-Fi signal is powered on, it blinks blue. And then when the camera's rolling, it blinks red, like when they're both on. But the blue, the blue blinking will always be on while the Wi-Fi is on. So the camera portion, I could not get it to turn on for the life of me, but the Wi-Fi was still blinking. So the, the, it, it was just malfunctioning through and through. That didn't start happening until we got to the bridge. I was using night vision moments before at the hotel. GoPro was fully charged. I knew it was fully charged. But as soon as we got to that bridge, um, it, was, it was dead. And it was dead before I even got out of the truck. Like, I just couldn't get it to work. So I, you'd like to think maybe that it's the, the, the absolutely frigid atmosphere that's you know making the camera mess up but it wasn't because it it was in the warm truck it was still it just wouldn't operate and then when we got back to the hotel boom thing powers fine. on it's fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> electronic <sighs> devices um losing power really fast is, is a super common thing among paranormal experts they say it because they say that ghosts and um other entities of the sort are they will draw they, they draw energy that's how they exist because they that's are how they man- that's they how they manifest energy. right right so um that's why they can they could say that you even personally can feel drained around a, a haunted location or can drain your um the energy from your electronic devices or um that's why they, they say it can be cold i mean it was cold obviously because it was you know negative two yeah. degrees <laughs> but like right. we hear like a, like a haunted house is like oh well all suddenly it got super cold that's because the entity is supposedly drawing all the energy the heat exactly. energy out of the room so the theory is, and correct, I just said so, what the no, I'm just adding to it. The theory is that like ghosts are always there, right? So it's like I could have a ghost standing right next to me right now, right? But unless it has the energy to manifest itself, uh, it's it's just there, right? So you don't know where it goes, but it's it's probably somewhere in the house. And the the theory is it needs to pull its power from somewhere, which is what you were just saying. So whether that's draining batteries or um, killing electronical equipment but that that's why after those batteries drain then you get a sighting or you can get some sort of paranormal activity that's the theory anyways and that could have hold true because we get to the bridge we're not getting too much all the equipment dies and all of a sudden boom i got some ghosts climbing over the bridge trying to say hi to me so um you know people wonder like like how come they go to uh like uh, how come this haunted house isn't always having activity and the reason is because that ghost or that spirit needs to gather that energy up from something to create some sort of experience. If so that I, Andrew's comment there. Oh, sorry. No, you're good, Mike. Go ahead. I okay. I, I got a question. Does this mean pre-cell phones, very little ghost sightings? Do you know what I mean? Like, if, I mean, fewer, are they more frequent now because there's more sources of energy? Yeah, and because you watch these ghosts, you watch these these videos of people catching things on online, and you got to assume a lot of them are faked just for clout. You know what I mean? Right. Or just for you know clicks. So mm. it's hard to tell, but I would say just basically, um, probably yes, because you know it's the same same as anything else. You see more of everything now that we have the internet and phones. And whatnot. Yeah. So whether it's a constant power source that could be drained, or whether it's just now you have video cameras and cameras more readily available than you've mm. ever had before. Everyone has a video camera in their pocket at all times. So it's like if you see something happening, boom, you can just start taking video. Before it's like you know when I was growing up, I, we didn't even have a video camera in the house. So it's um, are, so I think it's you, I think it's a combination of two. Yeah. Right. Is your question more about like? Now that there's more power sources, though, yeah, that's that was, but I, I think yeah. both of those. So I think, yeah, I'm saying it's a little bit of both. Yeah, okay, yeah, but gotcha. yeah, the power sources was the thing that I was thinking about. Ah, I misunderstood you. Oh, I do no, want to touch on uh, Captain McSlug's comment. So he's been weighing in for uh, Mike or you know some of the newer viewers. <clears throat> Back in the San Antonio episode, we the uh, the three of us went to San Antonio. Rob wasn't there, but me, Dave, and Andrew, uh, our little brother, who is known as Captain McSlugs. <laughs> Long story short, um, <clears throat> we purchased a demon, or we purchased a poltergeist in a box from a witch. I, I, a lot more details. I, I know. <laughs> Put his comment up. But yeah, so basically, uh, this is the yeah, first wrong one. He said, one. He said, we're so bad at ghost hunting that we literally had to purchase a ghost. I just wanted <laughs> huh? to preface it with this first comment. And he says, uh, last week. So by the way, so he took this box home, and he's had this poltergeist in a Dybbuk box inside of his house. He's been giving us updates on the box. So this is last, his latest update. He said, last week, 
I went to drill the cabinet shut where I keep the Dybbuk box and my drill died as soon as I tried. I get, I get a, uh, and we don't have to share personal information, so feel free to just say, no, Mike, I'm not going to answer this question. Does Captain McSlugs have a, a significant other or spouse that mm-hmm. they live with? Yes. Yeah, he's married. Okay, because I'm stunned. I think that's kind of the most shocking information, because I, I don't know how many. Well, she's, a, like, she's, she's exactly are like you, him. So. Are you okay. stunned because somebody who buys <laughs> ghosts and <laughs> puts them No, not that, they couldn't find, not that they couldn't find someone. Like you're surprised that, that females person, talk to him? <laughs> yeah, but that, not, not just that, but that the other person would be okay being like, you yeah. know what? Yeah, that demon you just got, we can just put that in the living room yeah. just to well, like, yeah. see what happens. Yeah. If she's, Dave a, tried to, she's, a, she's a scientist, so she, there's no way she believes there's anything in that box. <laughs> <laughs> if Dave did that, he'd be living in a van down by the river to see <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, but Catherine puts up with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, we're so bad at ghost hunting. We had to buy a ghost, so we bought a ghost, but we were too afraid to open the box that it came in. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if people want more details on that? Just check out the uh, the San Antonio episode that we did, the Emily Morgan Hotel episode. So the the other thing with these this stuff draining is we've had stuff like die on us before. This isn't the first time. It's just the amount of things that died this time was just like mind blowing. It was just anything we tried to use died. And the other thing we didn't bring with us was the the um the dowsing rods because we're like, there's no way we're gonna be able to film that at the bridge. You know, right. so well those wouldn't have died. So there's that. They wouldn't have died, but it would have been hard to like get a good It was also windy and Dark. You know, yeah. So, I mean, I think the, using the dowsing, yeah, <laughs> been like a windmill. But the uh, um, the dowsing rod stuff, we should get in the hotel as well. Um, uh, before we get into the hotel, just so Mike's like our audience member. So, do you have any anything else you wanted to ask us about the bridge that stood out to you? No, no. A lot of the stuff you guys talked about because I I was going to. I was immediately being like, well, I can, how can I debunk this? Uh, and I was like, well, maybe the phone died because it was cold or whatever. So I, we've kind of like touched upon a lot of the stuff that I had questions out uh, about. I also wanted to like when uh, Jesse and Rob, you guys, you like the photo of you guys seeing something. Dave, you just nothing, nothing on your radar when that happened. <laughs> I wasn't looking in the right direction. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was kind of funny. It's like, you know, the ones or the, or the biggest skeptic of the group, a ghost finally appears and I'm looking in the wrong, wrong direction. <laughs> Classic Dave. <laughs> yeah. But um, so I, actually, before we, we move away from the bridge, there's I got a couple of short stories of other people who have visited the bridge who have experienced some pretty wild stuff. They're super short. I'll, I want to run through them real quick. See what you guys think about them. So uh, one time, I think this was in the 70s, a school bus was going by full of kids. And the kids started yelling at the bus driver to stop because they saw a girl hanging from the rafters of the bridge. So the bus driver slowed down to look, saw nothing, so he sped back up. And all the kids started freaking out and crying because the bus driver wouldn't stop to help the girl who was hanging from the bridge. So, oh, so all the kids saw it. All the kids saw it. And, you know, you'd think – and these these were elementary kids, so you'd think, like – at first I'm listening, like, ah, maybe they're playing a prank. But, like, the reaction of elementary school kids freaking out, crying after. yeah. Kind of freaky. Um, that is a cool one. Yep. Uh, another one. A couple was driving through on a foggy night to find a place to park to do who knows what. Um, and as they were driving through, a pair of feet brushed against the windshield through the fog. One barefoot, one in a woman's shoe. And they freaked out and sped away. That's cool. That's freaky. That one I find wow. a little bit harder to believe. Personally. Yeah, that sounds straight out of a horror movie. But yeah. I guess it makes that much scarier if it is real. <laughs> Especially because there was no part of them that they were like, wow, we should help Check this person. see if someone was like, <laughs> right? Actually, yeah. They're like, yeah, exactly. I'm out. <laughs> exactly. That one I find less, um, a little bit harder to believe than the first one. Uh, the next one is a father and his young kids were walking their dog as they approached the bridge. Their dog stopped and refused to enter. They tugged the leash, but it dug in, just growling and shaking. One of the kids points and says, hey, look, there's a girl in a dress on the other side of the bridge standing on the rocks. So the dad looked up but didn't see anything of the sort, and he said uh, – and then the kid says, whoa, she jumped off. Uh, so the dad runs across, uh, looks over the edge but doesn't see anything. The dad asks the kid if he's sure you know, of what he saw, and the kid goes, yeah, but she didn't make it all the way down. So, Ooh, yeah, it's like someone weird. Here. So like she jumped off and then maybe, I guess, disappeared before whoa. she hit the rocks. Um, but that's, how, that's a weird How one. old was Emily again when this happened? 
Supposedly, like, between, like, 15 to 17 years old. Because it, I mean, this is two of three stories, and I'm sure there's way more <laughs> sightings, but it is interesting that it's, like, kids seeing seeing her. Yeah, I thought that was more. pretty weird, too, that it's the kids that see it, but the uh, the adults don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this last one doesn't support or not support that theory either. Um, 1996, a group of girls, teenage girls, decided to drive to the bridge um, to scare one of their friends. Apparently, one of the girls was afraid of covered bridges, which seems like a pretty irrational fear. I don't know, maybe claustrophobia. <laughs> claustroph- after, claustroph- after, <laughs> after these last two episodes, I think we might I know. Be new, I know, uh, I know. a new group of people that are. Maybe it's maybe it's not, maybe she wasn't afraid of covered bridges, just afraid of bridges in general, because maybe afraid of them collapsing. I don't know. Anyways, so uh, it was a misty day, and through the mist, they saw the silhouette of a woman in a dress. She had long dark hair and was just standing there staring at them. One of the girls later said that she had a look like she was dead inside. Um, her face was scarred and bloody, missing her shoes, and the girls all sat in the car too afraid to move. And it wasn't until the driver reached up to cover her eyes, she accidentally bumped the horn, beeping it, which caused all of the girls to jump. And when they looked back up, the woman was gone. Hmm. So those all are right. four different New, new defense accounts. mechanism, just beep at the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scared the ghost away. Uh, but those I'll I thought turn, were interesting. I'll turn tables. Now you're scared. Because um, they were all different, separated by like different like like years and years. And they all had like similarities, you know? Mm. You know? Yeah. Missing shoes. Um, yeah, a few similar girl in a dress. Yeah. Um, yeah. a couple hanging from the bridge, but yeah. So I thought those well, were pretty interesting. One other thing about the bridge too, before you move off, uh, you referenced like, so like people were just walking away from the bridge with scratches. Like they were getting these like deep scratches. Yeah. So there's multiple, um, accounts of people because people will just go walk through this bridge. As you saw, it's, mm-hmm. it's very walkable. Uh, people will walk through and they'll, by the time they come out, they have scratch marks on their back or their arms, but it's not regular scratches. They're like deeper scratches and it's not just people that get it. They've had claw marks on the side of cars and horses have gotten claw marks on the side of them as they cross the bridge. And it's not like a painful thing. It's that, that after they go through, they realize they have like they take their shirt right. off later in the day and they're like, we got freaky. Right. This is one of those. So car animal, that's a little more believable, but this is one of those theories when it comes to ghost interactions that I'm always just like, you did that to yourself. You know, like this is just my first reaction. Yeah. Now, many of it's probably authentic, but that's probably the easiest uh, evidence to fake. Mm. It's just giving yourself a scratch, you know. So also well, messed just, up if they're doing that to horses. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if they're you do it to animals, them. yeah, then yeah. that's much more messed up. I, I I'm usually in the same vein, and I keep teasing this episode that I think Dave's working on. But you might change your mind when you start to hear about the Sally House. Cool. I'm just going to leave it at I that. I know absolutely nothing about the Sally House. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, and then the one one last thing on the bridge, unless you guys got anything else, uh, the sound that creaking that was constant and it sounded like it was a tree, but like you mentioned in the episode, it sounded like it was coming from inside the bridge. Uh, It was windy. There was a lot of trees near you. It could have been a tree, but it, this thing was just like the whole time you're in there. It's just, it is a wooden bridge. Right. But no, you you heard the creaking. Like like it it was probably a tree, but I thought it was a tree. Yeah. But it did sound like it was coming from in the bridge, it was, and it was constant, and it was loud. It was very loud and terrifying. I think I do have a video where I have that sound. Mm-hmm. If it, if the quality of the sound is good enough, maybe I'll post it somewhere. But yeah, that that was like the first thing you hear right when you approach the bridge. So that's was the thesis of my whole opening story that I wrote. It probably was a tree. Probably a tree. It was still was made it real creepy just it did so made loud. it way more creepy <laughs> yeah. yeah very ominous uh finally before we move on to the hotel just emily's grave is supposed to actually be across the street from the hotel we stayed at and dave and myself tried to go to it the problem was we walked it was a huge mistake <laughs> it was the biggest mistake <laughs> of our lives we we tried to go into this graveyard and as we hopped into like it like sank down a little and there was a little bit of snow and it didn't look like there was a lot of snow around so we jumped down and that snow came up over our knees and it was 
and we're like trudging through this snow <laughs> trying to find it and we're like tripping over grave markers that are below our feet oh no and the gravestone was too low to even see it was so it was I, buried. I was gonna make fun of the video at one point because you you had do have the footage of you guys walking through a graveyard right and i d- yeah. did look like you were doing it as like giants, like taking like yeah. steps like yeah. left to right. And I was like giants or penguins just yeah. As, a, yeah. as a testimony yeah. of how absolutely cold it was. Once we got out of there, we just dusted the snow off of our pants and they weren't wet at all, just completely dry. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, we know it was like, that. oh man, that's how cold it is. It was a good thing too, because we yeah. would have been very young. It was also good that the hotel was right across the street. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Right there. that's so, why also- that's why we go through the graveyard. And then I have to put like a, a separate photo of the grave because I wasn't able to actually show it to you guys because this, it, it was it was buried snow. in the snow. Yeah, I mean, we went to Vermont in the winter. That's that's probably what it's always like up there. So right. uh, hey, that that the little town was was really nice. The town was nice. The hotel was nice. Um, so we did stay in the allegedly haunted room. Which was what was the room number, Rob? Oh my god, I forget off the top of my head now. So it's weird because the room number isn't the room number. So the original room number of the haunted room was like three two oh two oh or it was in the threes. It was like three ten, and now it's two oh seven. I think something like that, or I think you might be flipping it. No, um, I'm not. Doesn't go. But the the, the point is, the point is the uh, (laughs) the room number changed. Andrew said it was 204. It is 204 now. Confident. Um, so it's now it's 204. Yeah. Yeah. So they basically they they redid something. They added rooms to the hotel and then they changed all the room numbers. So um, that yeah, makes more sense. I really was thinking that it had been like they were like, hey, I know we said the third floor was <laughs> like it's <laughs> the second line. floor, guys. Yeah. Well, what happened was when I went to call to book it, I was like, I want room 310, and she was like, Is there any particular reason you want that room specifically? Because she knew. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's supposed to be haunted. She's like, okay, what you actually want is room 204 because we changed the room, blah, blah, blah. So she you know, wouldn't let me book the wrong room. So. <laughs> I like the not idea. Saying, not saying this is, sorry. sorry, I was going to say, not saying that this is what we did, but this sounds like an excuse that ghost hunters who weren't able to get <laughs> you know, <laughs> the room would come call up with. the Green Mountain Inn and verify this. This is, uh, this is absolutely, <laughs> we stayed in the haunted room. And it made sense because the room had a window that had access to the roof. You just open the window, like I made the, the joke, like, oh man, I can't drink too much because I'm going to end up on that roof at some point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you tried to. You, yeah. you could just, did I? <laughs> oh, yeah, many times. I, but um, I, love the, I love the idea of the hotel attendant being like, oh, you want to see something scary? <laughs> and then just, yeah. being, just yeah. giving you a different Try our most expensive room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the ghost just being like, I've been tired of haunting this room. Yeah. I want the change. I, I want, want the room with the jacuzzi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but the room was nice. Uh, the, like I said, the hotel was nice. Um, as a beer lover, I love that they had um, Hetty Topper at every restaurant and bar we went to, That's which cool. is a very good beer. Um, the Have you ever had this Stowe, Mike? Yeah, uh, Stowe Mountain, right? Stowe, I think yeah. I've been, yeah, I've been skiing up there like a long time ago, super long time ago. Yeah. But I just remember being very far away from where I lived, <laughs> uh, but being really nice. It was, yeah, it took us like two hours from Montreal. Yeah, we yeah. had about three and a half hour drive coming from where we're at in Massachusetts. It was a journey. It was a journey, but it was worth it. Most definitely. Yeah, it, the the room the room was cool. The hotel was pretty cool. The backstory was fun, and honestly, we we had two choices for this. We were either going to go to the Shanley Hotel in New York, which we are going to do at some point. Um, or we were going to do this, and I decided that we should do this because I wanted something that wasn't, like, demonic and, like, crazy. And I just wanted, like, this nice little story, and then everything that happened happens, and you're just like, well, fuck. We could have done that in, in New York, too, but I'm glad we did do this. Yeah, it, it was – I mean, it's a different one. I hadn't heard of the story before, and – um and then you had the bridge to tie in with it. So that worked out. And the, the bridge was only like, what, five, ten minutes away from the yeah. hotel. So it worked five out that it was so close. Five-minute drive. Yeah. Uh, but the, the hotel room was was cool enough. You know, it, it looked a little bit old-timey. It was a little tough in, like, doing the investigation because it's an active hotel. Obviously, we didn't book out the entire hotel and have them shut it down and do, like, a lockdown investigation or anything like that. We only investigated the room. 
And it was, you know, it's an older inn, so the it's a little bit loud, and the neighbor must have came in and out of their room 3,000 times during the night. Just all we yeah. heard was just their door open, their door closed. Like, all right, so we got to rule that out. So it was just part of the investigation was you just had to rule out the noise. Luckily, there was only one other room in our area. So just right. that one neighbor who would not stop leaving and coming back to his room was the only noise that we had to rule. really we probably rule should out. have checked to make sure the door wasn't just opening and closing by itself like our <laughs> closet door did. <laughs> yeah, just been part of the investigation. So that was the first piece of evidence we got over there. This is a door opening and closing, and we're like, wow, that guy's really annoying. <laughs> Didn't even think to check it out. <laughs> and ghost, ghost is like, come on, ghost hunters, come find <laughs> me. I'm right here. <laughs> With the dowsing rods, it's like, yeah, it's it's to be. show us a sign. It's like just screaming, <laughs> closing the door. Over. You're in the right here. room. <laughs> <laughs> the host sent you to the expensive room. I'm over here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but yeah, the, so door door open. That was a cool piece of footage, and we reviewed it when we got back, so we knew that we had it right away, which is pretty cool. And that changed our whole plan for the evening, because we were going to go to the bridge first, like mm-hmm. right when it was dark. But once that once that door opened, we were like, "Well, we're getting stuff here. We're going to start at the hotel room while we're while things are. We know things are active, so we did our room investigation first. And then we went to the bridge and we were like, we're going to go back to the room. But by the time we got back to the room after everything at the room and everything at the bridge, we were like, we're just going to bed. It's late. We're exhausted. (laughs) And now it's time to go to bed. So we started with the room and it was just not the plan. But you got to make the adjustments. Yeah, we tried a few things. We tried out a Ouija board session that didn't make it in the video because it was uneventful. And it was a really bad Ouija board. It was like just the wrong surface. This thing was like made out of sandpaper. And... So I was the, wait, what do you call the thing that moves around on the Ouija board? The, the eye? Uh, the eye? It's like an eye, but no, it has an actual name. Dave's not paying attention, but he knows what the name is. Yeah, because he's upset with us. He's angrily typing. I can actually hear this. <laughs> <typing>. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a great opportunity. This is a great opportunity for you guys to get a Ouija board sponsorship, right? Like when Ouija board sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, make it nice and slippery. Don't yeah. make the thing out of sandpaper. Yeah, I, Rob hates when I say the word sandpaper. Yeah, yeah. So, so I do. Dave said it, but I'm not going to count him because he was banging on his keyboard. Captain McSlugs waited and let me know that's a planchette. Anyways, the planchette was the same exact texture as the board, so it's like even if it goes one and two, it couldn't slide it on the surface. Anyways, it was really bad throwaway footage. We also gave up after about 43 seconds, so maybe we should have gave it some more time. Realistically, we gave it a few minutes, but the. Uh, it just wasn't going to slide easily. You want one with like a nice varnished, you know, a nice like wooden Ouija board with a nice plastic slidable planchette. It needs to be able to Ouija. You know what I'm saying? If it's a, it's a rough Ouija, it's not going to Ouija. Yeah. It's having a tough time Ouijaing, you know? So that yeah. failed. That failed. Uh, then we did the spirit box section next. Was that session spirit box session? Let me say those words yeah, correctly. Spirit, spirit box first, and then the dowsing rods after. Which we got some of the spirit box. Uh, we couldn't get like clear results though, and I played one of the one of the responses we got. And it says more like Ouija board, spelled B O R E D. So we got we got a few responses on that. Uh, we got nothing on the voice recorders, though, in the room. In the room, correct. And the spirit box, the problem with the spirit box is, I don't know if it's just getting old, and I know a lot of people hook it up to like a Bluetooth speaker, which we should have done, and we will do in the future. But that thing, as we were using it, just got quieter and quieter to a point where we're just holding it up to our ears, trying to hear what it says. So even if it did say something good, the uh, cameras weren't going to pick it up. Maybe the voice yeah. recorder would have, but yeah, that's something we got to uh, adjust. Either upgrade the uh, spirit box or attach a speaker next time. But we did get a few responses on it. I, I can't remember the name that it said. You you wrote it down in the video. It was Logan. Yeah, I thought it said Logan, but I mean that was just going off of what I could hear. I mean the thing the the thing we talk about, we need to talk about in the room could have uh, been the ghost of Joe Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Could have been. Um, <clears throat> we need to talk about the dowsing rod session. So we actually did the dowsing rod section session. Jesus, I cannot talk to them. Yeah, we did it live on TikTok. We did it live on TikTok. And we were getting, I only showed the end, but as we were doing it on TikTok, 
if it went to the right, I think it was a no. If it went to if if the rods went left, it was a yes. And we were getting whatever. It was one of the two. And we were getting tons of answers. And what I showed everybody, just for the purposes of time, was at the end, that thing started messing with Jesse. And the rod just started crossing, which is super weird. Yeah, I think someone on TikTok in the comment section had asked us to be like, hey, you ask it if it's a demon. Yeah. So we did. And, I don't uh, think there was anything demonic there. I don't dude, think so either. The dude fell off a roof. <clears throat> right. But I mean, you never know what else what else could have happened there on the, Maybe on the grounds or anything. The roof. Yeah. But it was an interesting response. That was the first time we got that response. Now, mind you, we were doing that for like 45 minutes, maybe longer. Mm. And um, we were getting yes, no's. It was straightening the rods when we asked it to. As soon as we asked that question, it was the first time the rods crossed. And then it straightened back out, and then we had to do it again, and then it crossed again. Yeah. So we left it at that point. But the the room's cool. Like, if you go to Stowe, I would say stay in the room, try some stuff. Maybe you'll have – we got some stuff. We got the orb that we saw. Um, as I asked really it cool. to go towards the, towards the ball, it moved itself away from the ball. But if you're going to Stowe, I would say go to the bridge. Nice job catching that footage, too, because when I was watching the clip, I did not notice that orb the first time you showed it. Then you paused it, put the arrow on it, and then showed it. And I was like, wow, that was actually like really prominent. Yeah, well, Usually the, I chalk up orbs to be like dust or something like that, but that was like wide. Yeah, there. If you watch the video, there is like a dust particle that comes by later, and it's like way smaller. So you can see the dust particle compared to the orb. But the problem, not the problem. The thing about these investigation videos and why we can't do them every week right now is it takes me or whoever does it, whoever does the editing. I had to go through every camera and I have to watch every single minute of this stuff. Yeah, we don't have a, we are the production team. So. We are the production team. So <clears throat> this video took me four weeks to put together and it's, you know, it's a 15 minute video. So I'm not saying cry for us or anything. I'm just saying this is why the investigation videos are like once a month, once every two months right now. Well, once you get that Ouija board sponsorship money, it goes into a uh, production assistant, <laughs> video editor. See, the wheels are turning, baby. Yeah, that's what we need. We'll do the crossover with Team Hold, where we just start flipping NBA Top Shot moments while Dude, we're doing. Well, we're gonna use your. We're gonna turn your. We're gonna turn Dave's reactions into NFTs. Is what you're gonna. <laughs> we should make. We should make it a Dave Ouija board. It's just right. dr- dr- drunk Dave's Ouija board. Just yes, nah. <laughs> just says saying goodbye. It just says fuck you. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, this seems like the perfect place to wrap this up. <laughs> Mike, thank you for coming on. Guys, seriously, thanks for having me on. This was a blast. Uh, and I, again, normally uh, pretty skeptical of this stuff. And I, I was able to watch the video beforehand and then was, you know, like a little freaked out for the rest of the night. So thank you for uh, giving me that opportunity. Well, Mike, do, you wanna, do you want to plug your YouTube uh, stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. If you, uh, if you are into basketball or collecting NFTs, actually football now too, we do a daily show over at Team Hold NFT and you can find us on YouTube or Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, I don't know, wherever you do social shit, you can probably find us. But over at Team Hold NFT. Cool. Very good. Yeah. Check them out. Um, next week, we're going to cover the Waverly Hills Sanatorium and then it is the Sally House. Is that, that what you're doing there, Dave? Very cool. And then, Rob, what are you getting? What are you getting, uh, working on after that? Any ideas? Dude, I am. Um, I I literally have three things I'm working on right now, so I got to figure out which one I'm going to be doing in three weeks. So, very good. We got plenty of time. Plenty of time. Thank you. Guys. I, I I would say make sure you check these next two episodes out, and uh, definitely check out the Sally House episode. I'm I'm overly excited for that one. It's crazy. Yeah. So if you guys haven't already. Uh, give us a sub on YouTube. If you're an audio listener, be sure to go check out the videos. Like we've said previously, we work very hard on them. So check them out and leave reviews. We got more good reviews. Does anyone have that new review handy? Because that was actually a really good one. I should read that one. And um, while he's doing that, check that out. Uh, TikTok is uh, TikTok. The platform hates us. The people love us. But TikTok <laughs> has been like suppressing our videos for the last two weeks. It's been a little depressing, but we're still holding Posted strong. One video about Al Capone. And they're like, this is violent. It's like, well, this is Al Capone. This is history. Sorry. <laughs> and they just like shut us off. <laughs>
I, I don't get it because it's like you have live streams of an actual war going on right now. But it's like if we talk about something that happened in history, then it's it's wow. against it's the terms. Infuriating. Oh, wow. It is infuriating. All right, let's so. read our latest uh, good review. So uh, the absolute best. I am an avid podcast listener and came across you guys recently. After binge listening to all the episodes, I have re-listened to them a few times now. I tell anyone I know they should check this podcast out. I love how you guys go over the history and banter between you guys. Truly the best podcast I've listened to in a while. Great job. Thank you. And that is from Mama with a zero. So that was a good cool. One. That's awesome. Hell yeah. So keep leaving reviews. We'll read them on air and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll read our favorite ones. Once again, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. This has been episode <clears throat> number 19 of Hometown Ghost Stories. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Later. Thank you.